Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Friday. This is Seattle Now. This week, public health officials would like you to please wear your mask when you go out. Seattle Public Schools canceled snow days because we can all apparently work from home now and we'll be freezing our butts off at the city's outdoor streeteries for a while longer. Those are sticking around. We're breaking it all down with the strangers Jazz Kaimig and Ton Vin from the Seattle Times. But first, let's get you caught up. Pioneering whale advocate and researcher Ken Balcom died yesterday. Most of what we know about our southern resident orca population is from work that he or one of the many researchers he mentored recorded. The Center for Whale Research, which Ken Balcom founded decades ago, announced his death, calling him a pioneer and legend. He was 82. This week, arts reporter Mike Davis told us about the Fifth Avenue Theater's amazing production of The Wiz. We are so sorry to report that performances have been canceled through the weekend due to a COVID outbreak. Fifth Avenue Theater posted a note on its website advising ticket holders to get in touch about refunds or a reschedule. The show runs through the 23rd. And you'll be able to celebrate in person at the Space Needle this New Year's Eve for the first time since the start of the pandemic. There'll be fireworks and, for the first time, drones. 200 of them. They're part of a light show. If you're not feeling up for in-person New Year's Eve fireworks and drone action, you can watch everything from your couch on King 5. Jingle well, well, well. Here we are at the end of the week. This week, we learned that West Seattle South Park Council member Lisa Herbold and North Seattle's Deborah Juarez will leave the council at the end of their terms. That could get interesting. And the city could see a little bit of snow this weekend, and that could be interesting, too. Jazz Kaimig is here. They cover arts and culture for The Stranger. Jazz, really nice to have you back. Yeah, excited to be on. Ton Vin is here as well. Seattle Times food writer. Hey, Ton. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Trish. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always good to see you, Ton. All the public health officials, local and national, and everyone in between are asking people to please mask up in public spaces right now. RSV, flu, and COVID is just ripping through the city right now. I know a lot of people have been sick for weeks, just like flat out. Bad, bad, bad. Tom, the CDC is really emphasizing masks on public transit and in airports. And those are definitely two places I have not been screwing around with masks. I've long considered airport poison, but it <laughs> seems really important right now. Yeah. Trish, you know what? As a food writer, all the restaurants I go to and even a lot of visits to Costco, people wear masks. And this was even before this, well, not mandate, but just a suggestion or an advisory. I've been traveling around the West Coast in recent months, and we have a high number of people who voluntarily wear masks. I don't think it's a biggest deal in Seattle as in other cities. Hmm. You know, Jazz, Ton has a point. Some people never stopped masking at all. But I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit here because I have noticed infrequent masking in my neck of the woods here. Yeah, I think we've reached a point where in Seattle it's like, if you want a mask, you totally can, you know, like it's not going to be like you're going to be looked down upon or whatever. I actually went to like a small gathering at a friend's house and someone was like wearing like a really intense N95 the whole entire time. But I am surprised sometimes at seeing like how kind of mask free certain settings are. 
and it, there's no really kind of one set way that I see people masking necessarily. Like I'll go to some restaurants and see the whole staff masked up and other times, you know, only a couple of people working there wearing masks. Yeah, a little bit of a free for all. Yeah, it is weird because you go to shopping centers and so forth. It's like people are divided, right? Like they some wear masks, others don't. So I don't think this advisory will change anything. Because I think if you're worried about the pandemic, you're going to wear a mask now. If mm-hmm. you're taking a stance or whatever, you're just not going to wear a mask. So I don't think any of these advisories that's been going around a lot of cities and states are going to have that big of an impact. I do think it is significant, however, that they are saying to mask, you know, because I feel like since widespread vaccination was a thing, there's been a real deceleration in terms of like COVID measures uh, and to see, you know, um, governments recommending to start masking up again at these like, you know, high, high population events and even the feds restarting free COVID tests, you know, they don't want to give us that for free. So I think the fact that they're starting that program again is really indicative of like how important it is to do that and and how real the threat of um, all of these respiratory illnesses that are going around are. I I definitely noted that for sure. And some cities like L.A., may bring back the mask mandate, even though Mm -hmm. nobody's talking about it here. Mm -hmm. Right. It's such a political issue, isn't it? And people are scared to bring it up because, I mean, if you're a politician, it's like an abortion issue or a Trump issue. You just you just want to dance around it. You don't want to bring it up. It's just so contentious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody likes to be told what to do. We do like to come to our (laughs) own conclusions. But here is a reason why you should definitely stay healthy right now if you can. We are having a serious hospital crisis. There is a breakdown happening. And if you don't think it's affecting you, you are wrong. Hospitals are at capacity. Many are facing financial difficulty after the last couple of years. Things are not good out there in health care. So staying out of the system is probably a good bet. Right. Trish, you know, I learned a new term in the last two years. It was travel nurses. And I guess travel (laughs) nurses are like a hired gun. So like a freelance writer, only you make six figures. And I always (laughs) was like amazed because I thought, man, hospitals are so rich where they can spend so much money paying travel nurses and paying for their housings and so forth. And now we see the report, right? What's the reality? Over one billion dollars were spent to pay travel nurses last year. And that is an incredible figure. And so no wonder why the system is going broke. Yeah. And that's not to somehow discredit travel nurses. I'm just saying there is a shortage and there's no way around that. Right. This is compounded by the fact that there is a shortage of skilled and unskilled labor in the hospital system. One hospital system in Yakima announced this week they're going to cut a lot of their cardiology services. As I was reading that, all I could see was the ripple effect on the people who now have to drive 45 minutes, right, to get care somewhere because this hospital has to take steps to protect its financial situation. That's scary to me. Very scary. Especially with cardiology stuff. I mean, every every second really counts. Um, And I I would assume this is not a decision that they're making lightly. So I think, again, it really speaks to the dire straits that so many healthcare systems are in right now. And tough area, Sunnyside, Yakima. We're talking about transportation. Can they get to another hospital? Right, right. All Mm -hmm. of these things. Ambulance services, right? If that patient is an emergency patient, they're going to have to take that cardiology patient in an ambulance somewhere, which puts more strain on the system. 
moving on, because that's so depressing. (laughs) One pandemic normal that will definitely be sticking around, outdoor dining. City Council unanimously passed legislation this week that will make streeteries permanent into 2023. They're the outdoor eating areas right next to the street that popped up during the pandemic. The Urbanist reports the permits will extend through next year. The legislation also lessens fees and eased restrictions that have limited opportunities for food trucks in the city. So more food trucks, too. Deborah Juarez says Ballard's going to be just like France now. I'm glad to hear that Ballard will be just like France. and We will all have outside eateries. Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak French. Um, I think it's really exciting. I think um, whenever you can kind of have more space, when chefs and and creative folks can have more space to like experiment and to dine al fresco, I'm I'm always going to feel really great about that. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I I think it's a complicated answer in the sense that it's great during the summer. Our summers are Mm -hmm. magical. I mean, it's still light out at nine. And no matter, you can pay thousands of dollars for these sidewalk cafe permits and they're worth it because people will start lining up around five to seven and once they realize those hours are filled they start dining at four or after 9 p.m so it's great during the summer but it hasn't changed or winter dining i was in northwest market street in ballard and there was no one dining out on the patio heated patio so that hasn't changed Mm -hmm. All right. Well, here's a question then. Are we just, are restaurant owners just banking on the summer traffic and are willing to let them sit during the winter, not totally used? Is that fiscally sound? It's underutilized during the winter, but if you can hang on for the summer, late spring, summer, early fall, it's a cash cow. Mm-hmm. And the downside is, and Jazz, I, I think you have an opinion on this, is it takes away the car traffic and the parking. Yeah, I think if there's a way to utilize streets in a way that really like privileges pedestrians and and restaurants like that, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. You know, um, I think that it just leads to kind of happier communities. You know, if you can kind of figure out a way to cut off a street so that it can just be used for like more seating or just more living, right, without the risk of getting hit by a car or something. I don't own a car, so I know that this is <laughs> maybe people car owners feel really differently about it, but I I definitely see it as a win unequivocally. And the way I see it. It's more complicated in the sense mm-hmm. that for me, I don't live in Ballard, so I have to drive. I, I don't have to, but I drive to Ballard when I go to restaurants. It is impossible to park. I think it's easy to say like, hey, guess what? If you can't park, then you're going to take public transportation or you're going to carpool or you're going to take Uber. But I think the reality is you're just not going to go. And those parking spaces, the point was made, draw revenue for the city. So there's some lost revenue that the city has to consider when balancing out this uh, streetery situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's an easy answer. And something that I wanted to bring up when we're talking about people not eating outside, I feel like, again, this is something that we have to lead by example on. I think that like there needs to be some sort of culture shift where Seattleites get really into like super cool coats, you know, (laughs) and we just we maybe we even have wider seats to accommodate that like a big like fur or like faux fur coat and just sit outside and just dine in like Italian like leather uh, driving gloves. You know what I mean? 
I think there's a real moment to like really embrace dining al fresco because I um I I visited Portland a couple of weeks ago and I was shocked by how much they eat outside, you know, and how much their culture kind of revolves around um, dining outside because we have the same weather. Um, so I'm like, I, if Portland can really embrace it, I feel like Seattle really could too. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we will see what happens. We will see what happens. Well, it looks like we could be in for some snow showers next week. At the minimum, we'll have some icy mornings. But no matter how white it gets this winter, Seattle Public School students will not be getting any snow days. The district instead is planning for remote learning if students can't safely make it to class. And students are just supposed to bring their devices home for break this week, just in case. Jazz, I feel like this is a loss. Snow days are like magical when you're young. The surprise and anticipation of having an unexpected day off. Parents just ruined that. Yeah, no, I think it's it is really a loss, you know, because um, I feel like there's like a whole kind of nostalgia industry around um, having snow days like that. That children's book, I think it's called A Snowy Day. The snowy I think, Day. The Snowy mm. Day. I think about it all the time, you know, um, and, you know, especially growing up here in Washington, it's such uh, it used to be such a rare thing to, to have. Right. Um, so it's it's certainly changed as the climate has has changed as well. Um, you know, but I'm not a parent, but so I, I feel like maybe my opinion isn't as valued on this, but I'm like, maybe the teacher should just be like, go sled and tell me the angle at which the hill is. Or, or <laughs> the cool or, teachers will yeah, just. <laughs> or, yeah. or write a, write a short story about, you know, throwing snowballs at your siblings. <laughs> you know? So yeah, maybe there's, there's some sort of a uh, creative way that kids can still in, enjoy the outside without having to go to school in, into July. Yeah, You know, Trish, I was such a bumpkin that when I first came to the United States and it snow, it also happened that the school district shut down for the day. So uh -huh. I just assumed and thought it was to celebrate the arrival of snow, like to honor the <laughs> snow god. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love, that's how I learned to make a snowman and put on Fruit of Looms Long John. Jazz is probably too young to even know what this is. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> on men's and Fruit of Loom Long Johns and just throw snow and make, you know, snowmen and spit in my snowball to make it icy so I can hurt someone. It was great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. the good times, Ton, the good times. Well, the district says the plan was prompted by feedback from families and staff. And, yeah, they're trying to avoid extending the year into the summer to make up for snow days I went to school before the pandemic happened, you know, and I, I feel like it shifted so much of how kids experience school and the culture around that, too, that maybe I'm I'm projecting a little bit onto these these kids. Maybe they're over it, you know, like maybe they're like, yeah, I'd rather be in trigonometry than try to right? stick my tongue to like an ice thing, you know. Like, And I think like if you're a high school senior or something, you worry about college application then you care. But if you're like in elementary school, when I was, when it starts snowing, I'm not going to study at home. <laughs> right. My parents are going to be home to watch me do my homework or go over Zoom or this assignment. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the quality of education you might <laughs> right. get on one of these days. So yeah, moving on. One last thing before we go. It is the season of gift giving, if you can afford it. Obviously, inflation this year has been tough on everyone. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates again this week, although not by as much as it had been going up over the past few months. Hanukkah starts Sunday and Christmas is coming up fast. 
Do you have any creative, low-cost gift ideas I can steal? Because I'm behind. I'm so behind um, on, on getting presents for people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like to try to get people like little trinkets that they might not get themselves. Earrings, candles, weed, you know, uh, something like that. I like making playlists for people, too. I think it's a really nice kind of intimate way to show someone that you've really thought about them, even if you don't have like a lot of cash. So you make personalized playlists for people like you personalize it for them. Yeah, like I have like because I've been doing it since I was maybe like 15 or 16. I would like download it to like a, you know, a CD. But now I just do it on Spotify and like I'll make like an album cover and like put like a with like their face on it and like name it something really specific. Um, So yeah, that that's kind of what I do when I'm like, hi, I'm broke. <laughs> I really want to buy you a Telfar bag, but I cannot do that. <laughs> I think that's a lovely idea. I would feel very special if somebody gave me a personalized playlist. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be long. It can be like an hour, hour and a half, you know, 18 songs. That's Perfect. it. Yeah. I love to give gifts, but I really struggle to stay organized this time of year, which creates this amazing cycle of anxiety. <laughs> I have until the 20th. That's what I keep telling myself. You have some more time. You have right. some more time. Maybe we'll just end by saying the best gift we can give each other this year is one of spirit, right? Where you find that moment of peace with your family, chosen or otherwise, or your friends, and savor it and appreciate it because everything else outside of that is just bullshit capitalism. <laughs> Absolutely. <Amen. You're> here. <laughs> Thanks to our guests, Jazz Kaimig and Ton Vin. Happy holidays, you two. Happy holidays to you too. Thanks, Trish. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Claire McGrain produced today's show. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Jenny Cecil Moore, Vaughn Jones, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you Monday. I don't celebrate Christmas. Hard stop. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do accept gifts, though. I, I, <laughs> but I don't celebrate Christmas. All right. Ton's off my list. <laughs> Again, I do accept gifts. <laughs>